Hello. Hey, Jake. Hey, what's up, Josh? Nothing much. Just uh, have another question for you. It's uh, coming up on some challenges here for trying to improve in jujitsu with no gym. So I oh. uh, had a few questions. I had a couple thoughts around this, but I know you went through COVID. So not being able to go to the gym, I was telling you, I think over text that that would have driven me crazy. Um, so yeah, first curious to hear like how you got better or how you improved during that time. And then any advice you have for me, I'm going to Peru for a couple months and I'll be in a pretty remote location. So I downloaded Donaher's like solo drills on BJJ fanatic fanatics. I think it was free. So that that's something I was thinking of, but yeah, I'll pause there. I asked like five questions. In one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, when are you headed to Peru? Uh, this Saturday. So in like three days, four days. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I guess maybe this is a good, uh, this could be a good like point to talk about why I think this podcast is very beneficial because like the idea is you're going to be traveling all over the place, going from place to place, and you're not going to have a dedicated coach. So, um, the idea behind the podcast is I can kind of help your progress, um, on a consistent basis. And then obviously you'll have, you know, very high, high level, hopefully black belt instructors, um, at any given place that you're, you're going to, but I can just be kind of like the, the anchor that, that you can kind of keep going back to. So, um, yeah, I think like, it's, it's pretty cool that like you have this huge trip coming up to Peru for months in a remote location and we're trying to figure out a way for you to get better. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, my, my initial thought goes, like you said, to COVID, um, and kind of like how we went about preparing for that because, um, it's a little bit different than like having an injury, which I think is more common in jujitsu where it's like, Oh, how do I get better when I'm hurt? Um, and in that scenario, you can still like go to the gym and, you know, stretch or whatever and do your physical therapy while you watch, you know, technique or whatever. But this is different in the sense that like in COVID you couldn't go, you're, you're healthy, you're fine, but you mm -hmm. can't go to the school. Um, and you kind of have a similar situation as, as that, um, and for me, I think it's, it's kind of interesting because that's where I started my YouTube channel was over COVID. So, um, the idea behind it is to just stay mentally engaged as much as possible, um, with jujitsu. And I guess the, the one difference I would say between like the stages we're at in our journeys is that in general, like someone who's first starting out, you we, like we've talked about before, we kind of want to develop your, your body movements as much as possible, um, where you're not going to get as much out of watching like, you know, an ADCC match when you're like, what the heck's even going on? Mm -hmm. Um, and whereas someone like me would probably get more out of watching, a like high level competition match. I think for you, it would be developing those body movements. So I think what you said about doing the, the Donaher, um, solo drills DVD is, is a great way to start. Um, and then probably just throw in, you know, some more, um, instructional material. And then, and then maybe, I don't know, I've never done this before, but maybe we could do like a check-in next week. See how, see how it goes. If you, if you implement this idea. Um, but like, I haven't, it's been so long since I've watched a Don her thing. I don't remember much of the movements, but like, if he shows a movement, maybe watch a high level jujitsu competition and just try and see different areas where that movement takes place. Um, and then maybe that'll give you kind of like a better frame of reference as to 
when you would use the movements. Um, I'm sure he gives examples of like when um, to give you like a good starting point. Um, but I imagine once you start watching it, you're going to be able to, to pick up stuff. Um, so that's my initial, my initial thoughts on it. That is such a good idea. Yeah. The I'm pulling it up right now on BJJ fanatics. It's a self mastery solo BJJ training drills. An example would be like, there's so many, I guess like shrimping is something a lot of people have heard of probably scooting. And then there's these other ones like high leg spin, leg spinner, the sit back footwork drills, sprawl and circle. So he's got names for everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. Like it, it'll like your vocabulary will increase. I think if anything else, you'll be able to like name something, you know, like, I don't know what it necessarily like the pros and cons of it, but I know that that is a scoop grip or whatever, you know, right. Right. Like it, it'll definitely, I think you're definitely going to come out better um, yeah. after these two months for sure. That makes me very reassured. Cause um, it's funny. Cause I was in Boise training and I do plan to be back uh, in Idaho every September for elk hunting, but also to stop by that gym. And so it'll be cool to just see where they are next year, you know, and I'm going to, I was thinking like, oh man, I'm missing out on two months of training, but I'm hoping if I can build this good foundation, it'll set me up to get more out of the training when I do go to the gym. Um, yeah. Cause I think like you said before, or maybe something I learned along the way from you, it seems like as a white belt or very new beginner, it's more important. The volume of training is probably more important than the intensity just to like learn those body movements. So yeah, that's cool. It sounds like I'm on the right track with the, with that course. I like what you said about identifying it in, in videos. Cause I do watch videos anyway, just for fun, you know, to, to, to see right. high level jujitsu. So yeah, to identify and like recognize the patterns of when they're used would be cool. Yeah. That's generally like my approach when I make a YouTube video, a lot of times I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. Um, and I'll just have like, you know, 50 notes on my phone about like, you know, a De La Hiva thing mm-hmm. and I'll just watch it. And then you'll just like see different like trends or like if you're watching, you know, a guard retention instructional from Gordon Ryan, you'll see him teaching something. But a lot of times it's like hard to comprehend it in like a dynamic situation. Right. So um, I got this idea from Owen of Flanagan, um, mm-hmm. who is at ABCC. I make a lot of videos about him. I like I like watching him for sure. Um, but he talks about how the way he watches his instructionals is he'll watch the rolling commentary first. So basically he'll watch it and he'll talk about like, he'll see it in like a very dynamic situation and he'll see the moves that Gordon's actually doing when he's rolling. And then he'll be like, okay, that's where I should put the majority of like my emphasis on the moves that he's doing in a, like a rolling environment. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like to take it a step further you would go watch like Gordon competing in an actual competition and be like, okay, how does he set it up? What are some other reactions? And then like, that's how I basically start to build my YouTube videos. Oh, um, interesting. So it's a real, it's a real process for sure. Um, yeah. Which is why it's kind of hard to do one a week. Cause especially like when you're trying to make like a new one about a completely different position, it's like, you got to study and then you got to like go find footage and you got to like come up with a theme, like an overarching theme and then put together a video, edit it, and 
Yeah, it's a lot for sure. All the audio um, come up with a a, a, a clickbaity title that's not yeah. too clickbaity. You know, like there's so much stuff there. Throwing all the promo codes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get all that in there. Yeah. Um, there was actually one video you mentioned I saw of yours about how to watch um, instructionals or how to get the most out of instructionals. Right. And for those listening, if you don't know the YouTube channel, it's less impressed, more involved BJJ on YouTube. Right. Um, and I think it was, you mentioned in that video that some people take video clips and like save them. Right. So I started doing that. I created a, I don't know if you can see it in here, but it's a, like a jujitsu nice. full, like a album. And then I put folders for physicians. So this is like seated guard. And then I've got supine guard. So like seated guard, then it, I just took like little, like 10 second clips from, That's awesome. from Gordon's, uh, instructional, like when he's explaining some concept. It's hard right. to see. So like, yeah, a distance or whatever. And I just like played it on two X speed. So I've started doing that with nice. some of the instructionals. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm going so overboard as a white belt. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. I love the like, you know, um, like love that a lot of like new people have. It's it's like contagious, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Um, um, so yeah, what'd you do during COVID? Yeah. COVID. Um, I was honestly like in the best shape of my life over COVID. <laughs> I just worked out a nice. lot. Um, I ran a marathon. Nice. Um, yeah. It was, I was like getting in like good shape. Um, but then I was just like studying a ton of instructional content and then watching a lot of competition footage. And that's kind of where I first started watching competition footage. Um, Whereas like previously I would just watch the big ones and I would watch it from a spectator kind of perspective um, as opposed to really trying to like dive into it and like figure out what's going on kind of mm -hmm. thing, you know? Um, so yeah, I guess um, kind of like going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's just trying to stay mentally engaged in it. Um, for me, at least it was like, I, I, <laughs> I actually uh, had a wetsuit, um, like an old wetsuit that had holes in it. Mm -hmm. And we filled it with like old sheets and like we put a little ball in the head and like no that was our grappling dummy, dummy, my grappling dummy. Um, but I didn't use it too often, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it was more of film study and, and a lot of that. So, um, yeah, like I, like I said, I think hopefully we'll be able to develop your like movements and uh like yeah just body movements a bit while you're in Peru but I think more than anything I think your vocabulary is pretty much guaranteed to go up um and that's going to allow you to once you do come back to a school you're going to be able to pick stuff up hopefully much quicker than you would have before your Peru trip so um yeah, yeah that's that's the way I would look at it and one thing um I would say pre-COVID like a month before COVID, I started going to a new school and uh, Craig Jones gave a seminar there. And I think I told you this story before, but um, like he was talking about K-Guard defense. And I didn't even know what K-Guard was. So like going into COVID, I was just like, this is a whole new world. I'm like super juiced on it. And I, I like had a drive to learn something, you know, like it was like, I wasn't like, right. okay, what should I learn? I was like, I'm learning this, you know? So um, I think that helped it kind of was like, kind of like your mentality right now. You're just super stoked on everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of helped 
drive me um, to want to to study stuff over okay. over COVID. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's interesting just to think about this difference between like knowledge and then like turning it when you apply it that turning into skill and like pro- almost like programming into our bodies. But yeah, I think learning any new field vocab is probably like the first step. So you know what you're talking about and can identify right. what you're talking about and then link maybe the physical skills or whatever other things to those words and start to see like a clearer picture. Right. Sounded very like esoteric, but yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, and it's I, interesting. Like, if you start to learn the Donaher terminology, like we were talking about with like Marcelo Garcia and stuff being like, understanding the the positions between the like you know five positions of jujitsu there's a lot more than five positions and it comes down to knowing the names of it you know so if it's like um you know you take a v grip on one side and then you take a scoop grip on the other side it's like i'm not in open guard i'm in like this position you know and like i think one it'll, it'll allow you to just like break things up into much finer slices, just knowing more vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And then two, me and you are going to be able to communicate way better. Um, once we start speaking the same language. So, um, yeah, I think, I think if anything, this is, um, it's going to be really good. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I packed a yoga mat, so I will be uh, (laughs) using that as my mat and I'll be looking forward to to getting better at just the body movements there. I heard I think I told you that I hired a movement coach as well. We've been focusing yeah. a lot on the lower body and like hip, hip mobility and like flexibility too. So that'll be good. Yeah. What if let's say actually amongst the solo training, if you were to say working on attributes like flexibility and strength versus working on like jujitsu specific movements, if you had, let's say five hours a week, what portion proportion would you do to attribute improvement versus jujitsu skill improvement? It's a good question. I am definitely not the person to (laughs) ask about this. Um, (laughs) I would say say like skills maybe, right? Yeah. But like at a certain point, I feel like if you don't have a like threshold amount of strength, Mm -hmm one, you're just going to like break down under the stress of just doing jujitsu every day, you know? Yeah. So there is, you have to uh, dedicate some time towards it for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a really good question because like just thinking about it, it's like, okay, my initial thoughts are like at the beginning, you would want to focus as much on skill as possible. And then when you start to kind of maximize your skill and the like, um, what do you call it? Like the, your gain on the time that you put, there's a term for it. I'm just blanking on the term. Um, like the, the time you put isn't yielding as much reward as it used to. Kind oh, of like the diminishing marginal diminishing return. returns. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so like when that starts to, to happen a bit, then it might make sense for you to redistribute your time and focus more on strength and less on technique. Um, but man, like at the beginning, if you're like, Oh, I just want to learn technique. And you're like, not taking care of your body. Like <laughs> you're not going to last a week, you know? Yeah, yeah. So like, man, it's a really good question. I'd, I'd 
don't know, to be honest. I think that approach makes sense, the skill development and then reinforcing it with attribute development. But yeah, having at least some threshold, because that's what happened to me. I, my tendonitis flared up. My right. I broke my hand. You know, it was just like, oh, clearly this body needs to hit a better threshold to handle more, more stress. Yeah. And it's and like the less skill hard, you but... have, the more attributes you have to use. And then like, that means like the more tired you're going to be. So if you don't like maintain your attributes, then you're just going to be like completely <laughs> shot, you know? Yeah, so totally. it's, it's tough. I don't know. It's a really good question, man. I have so many more, but I know we want to keep these episodes bite size ish uh, for each question. The last thing I'll say is, have you heard of a uh, silver Fox BJJ? Yeah. Old dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, sorry, Silver Fox. If you're, <laughs> I don't mean to say you're old, but I think he self-proclaims like, yeah, he started jujitsu when he's old and he's a little bit of older grappler and still did well. Yeah. It's he, kind of like you... his marketing, uh, marketing pitch a little bit. Yeah. 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 Silver Fox, white hair. Yeah. So, um, did you hear about his like underwater drilling? No. Dude, he would do, he would go to a pool and then just solo drill sequences underwater because huh. you have the resistance but you can totally roll in any direction. You know what I mean? Right. And it's so weird when you see the videos. <laughs> looks like someone's just having like a seizure underwater while like spinning. Huh. And, but he feels the resistance of the water. And you can see him sink it all in, like rotate his hips when he's practicing the rear naked choke and all this. So I just thought that was really interesting and um, can help maybe with like your joints and like all that kind of stuff. And Super longevity. And but he's yeah. practicing it with another person? No, no, by himself. So, so he's visualizing and then just like going through the whole sequence. So he's like shadow grappling. Yes. Shadow grappling <laughs> underwater. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. And visualizing and using the resistance of the water to feel it. Um, yeah. I have never heard of that before, but that's, that's very interesting. I know. Right. It's, it seems out there. Um, it, it, I, he appealed to me because Tim Ferriss has this thing, this question he likes to ask, which is who's good at this sport who shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And if you take him, he's a smaller and older guy who got really good. And that's what he was doing. So I was like, oh, maybe that's, there's something there, but nice. maybe like yeah. 1% of 1% of practitioners probably are like flailing around by themselves in the water <laughs> to get better. That's the kind of dedication it takes. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I haven't looked into him too much. I know he like works with Ferasa Hobby on some stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, he from like he's the man. Like that's like the the word around the you know, jujitsu is like he's very well respected. So yeah, um, and he started yeah. when he was, I think he was 29 when gotcha. he started jujitsu, which is like he has all the reasons for not being good at it. You know, he was old right. and he's really small. And then, he, and then he won like some pretty high level things. So I was like, oh, this guy, maybe there's something there with this nice. underwater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Donaher started when he was about that age too. Oh, interesting. Wow. Like, relatively old. Yeah. Wow. It's, cool. It is interesting, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then now they're like the Rutolo brothers started when they were like four or whatever. <laughs> Dude, those guys are yeah. so fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All Anything right. else on this topic of improvement while no access to gym? No, I'm I'm good. If you have any more uh, follow up questions, 
No, no, I'm good. I okay. just wish we had a promo code for PJJ Fanatics so <laughs> yeah, we, can, no, uh, we can refer people to go get the uh, Don we're working solo, on drills, <laughs> solo Drills uh, episode. PJJ Fanatics, that's a free ad for you this time around. <laughs> Charge your interest later. Yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah we'll, uh, I'll check in with you and let you know how it's going on the, on the next one. Cool. Sounds good. Later, Josh. See ya. Safe travels.